our first reading from St. James, James, as you know, St. James was a leader, first leader of the church in Jerusalem. So he was not only apostle, and then one of the 12, but also one of the leaders of key church in Jerusalem. And whatever he says, as we have been reading him throughout this past week and last week as well, just something that he says are so common sense, they're so concrete, that he evokes in us a response. And not only a response, but response in truth. And so he says to us, and he's looking at himself perhaps, looking at others and other Christians, and he says, you know, the Lord is asking us to be mature as Christians, to take our faith seriously, and to put it into practice. So he gives an example, very kind of clear example. He says, how many people say something like that? And they're Christians. Oh, today or tomorrow we shall go into a place, a town, and spend a year there in doing business or profit. And it's like making plans outside of God, not even consulting as though we were, God is not essential. This is what he's saying. He's saying to us as Christians, How many people do that? Well, I've got these plans today. I've got to carry them out, whatever it may be. But do we actually ask the Lord? Do we turn to him? Do we ask him, help us out today? I'm planning to do this, but I'm hoping, Lord, that this is of your will, that I wish to do something that will be in accordance with your will. And so so this is what what St. James says, you know, because he says, look, you think that you are so important, but actually you are just a puff of smoke. Not that much. You know, we are here, we can be gone tomorrow. Yes, we are important, but we cannot say that because we're important on account of ourselves and what we did on account of what the Lord is doing for us, what he has done. He has called us into existence. He sustains us in our existence. He also guides us. But we have to turn to him because he he gave us the freedom. We don't have to ask him. We don't have to rely on him. We can just say, okay, as so many people are in this world, just live whatever they wish to do without even consulting, turning to God, without asking him for grace. And so St. Saint, Saint James says, you know, you should at least say something like this. If, if the Lord wills it, then I'll be able to do that. And so many people will say, God willing, we can do this. And so there's an expression, which is actually a, a, a way of surrendering to God, asking him for guidance, glad blessings, and also asking him that we may be able to, to do his will to do the Father's will. As as mature Christians, we are to ask him for that will. Help me to do your will. Help me to be able to accomplish what you desire because your wishes and desires are the greatest gift that I can receive. You're the one who wishes us the best. You want us to be with him. So God's will is always that which is the greatest thing we can ever seek or desire or wish. And so, so that, that we, the Lord gives us the freedom, obviously, but then when we attune our will with his will, then we receive extraordinary blessings, and not only for ourselves, but for our family, for our loved ones. And that's why it's so important for us to pray that our Father prayer each day in the morning. 
because what we ask is we turn to God as our Father. We know who he is, the providential God of providence, God of providential love. So he's with us. So we turn to him, our Father. What we do is we turn to him that he is the one, just like a child who has, who has parents, but even in a more so, in a greater way, we turn to him and seek. What do we seek? That his name be made holy, that his will be done, and that his kingdom may come. So this is what we ask, and that's our Christian maturity expressed through the prayer of our Father, that those are the greatest things that we, we desire, that we will do everything, whatever we say, whatever we wish to accomplish, that we would honor him, that we would praise him, that we worship him, that we would acknowledge that he's not only our Father, but his name, to be made holy. How many people use his name in vain or even use as a curse? How terrible it is. So we can't, we cannot use his name, but we wish and desire that his name be made holy, that people around this world we know him as our greatest good, as our greatest love, as our greatest giver and gift that he gives himself to us so that we can turn to our Father in that filial um, with trust that we, he is with us and that he is trustworthy. So, so we honor him and then we ask him for his kingdom. Again, the gifts of his kingdom, that his grace may be with us, that his, the Holy Spirit may come upon us, that parts of the gift of the kingdom is, is the Eucharist, is the celebration of sacraments, what we do here. That is his kingdom, that is his gift for eternity that has been given to us today, each day of our life, and which has been initiated by his Son, our Lord Jesus, who brought forth, we proclaimed the kingdom, and he became the gift of the kingdom, the transforming power of love, the transforming power of forgiveness and mercy. He's the one preparing us for eternity. So we ask that, that not only that we do the things of each day, whatever we need to, but that we seek and desire to proclaim the, his kingdom, that we seek and desire to have his kingdom enter our very hearts, to be imbued with the divine life to be imbued with divine grace that's what we're asking for so that the lord may transform us to truly being chill his children and of course the last portion is that his will be done thy will uh, thy will be done with his will be done and again the will of the father is that we would be able to attain that fullness of life fullness of joy fullness of everything God wishes to bestow upon us, which means his divine graces. And that's why St. Saint, Saint James is so concrete. You know, he's, he's concrete. He says, don't boast. Because when you're boasting that this is unable to accomplish, he says, yes, the Lord has given you the grace because he created you, he gave you abilities. So he can do that. But if you don't honor him, then you're playing into the hands of the evil one. Because boasting is, in this case, will be an evil thing because that means we do not give credit to the one who has formed us and who sustains us has given us all the abilities and then the second aspect of today is doing seeking to desire and desiring to do god's will we see 
in the life of Jesus, how he was always praising the Father. God as he was, by nature was God, and yet he took his filial relationship with God very seriously. He honored him. He asked the Father to, to accomplish things. He thanked him. Father, thank you for revealing these things to, uh, to, to Mary's children, the mysteries of your kingdom. He's thanking and blessing with the Father and through the Father's love. He also, as you know, in Gethsemane, the Garden of Eden, uh, what did he do? Turn himself to the Father, even in difficult as, and, and as that moment was, because he knew what was awaiting him. And he wanted to make sure that it's the Father's will. Father, if it is not your will, then remove this from me. But if it is, I accept it, because here I have come. I have come to do your will. So Jesus is our example of how to, to really be mature in our faith, because we imitate him as, as, as Jesus is the one who manifested to us and showed us how to do it, how to, to live our faith. And he is the one who taught us through our Father what we are to do. And then including our Father, we ask for the daily bread for sustenance. We pray for forgiveness of sins. We ask for protection from the evil one. And those are the things that, that the Lord has asked us. Now, to do the Father's will is something that is the most important today. If we were to look at the, the saint, you know, Saint Polycarp of Smyrna, you know, the in the area of present-day Turkey. And what we have here is this um, Polycarp, as I mentioned at the beginning, was a, was a disciple of John the Evangelist. Sometimes as a young person, sometimes around, I know, maybe teenager or so, he became a convert. And so he was being formed for at least for 20 years by John the Evangelist. He was formed and, and he taught and he listened and, and, and he uh, became not only a disciple, but John made him a bishop of uh, the area called Smyrna. And if you ever read the letter of the, in, the, in the book of Revelations, there's also uh, uh, words which are addressed to the, to the, to the uh, bishop and to the people, to the church of Smyrna. And there's a this wonderful statement there because uh, what it is, is, is that to the, to the church of Smyrna, uh, this is what, what the Lord is asking, you know, that, that I know your, I know your, uh, your, your faith remain, even though you have to suffer. Now, who was this Bishop Polycarp, first of all? So he was converted around 80 AD, 80 AD, uh, by John the Evangelist, he became his disciple. And then he was not only the leader of the Church of Smyrna, but he also wanted to make sure that the dates for celebration of Easter match with Rome. So he went to Rome. Uh, he was uh, very much a, a, a kind of very powerful leader against what is known the, the heresies of Gnosticism, which is sort of something similar to, to today's new age. And so he was really fighting against this Marcionism and all the other ones which were known at that time. 
uh, uh, who who promote it, sort of kind of try to link together Christianity with 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 Gnosticism, sort of like a new agey stuff, some Christian elements, some other elements, and so this is what he was he was struggling and fighting. Um, ultimately, uh, he uh, uh, he was not just a great witness to the gospel, but but uh, also a, a great promoter of, of the Eucharist. Eucharist uh, <clears throat> celebrated the Eucharist when he went to Rome to consult with the Holy Father, even though they were trying to d decide what would be the best for the days of celebration of the Easter. But they shared the Eucharist together in a sign of unity, even if if there were some differences in 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 following which calendar. But at any rate, he was martyred um, uh, during the persecution in in you know the Roman persecution in one. 56, 155, 156, and there's a, there are witnesses of those who saw the, his martyrdom. He was to be burned at stake, uh, along with 12 other Christians, and and the witness of that martyrdom said that that although the flames engulfed him, and yet he did not die as a result of 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 uh, of fire. But, but he was executed. Uh, it was, uh, even though the body was, was um, as the witness who said that his body was, 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 it was became like golden. Uh, and he says there was a beautiful fragrance that was coming from that moment of, of, the, of his suffering of himself. Uh, he, they wanted to, uh, to attach him to the wood so that you wouldn't escape. He says, no, I'm not going to escape. I gave my life to Christ. I will be here. And so so he, he offered himself. And here's a beautiful witness of St. Irenaeus who wrote about him. He says, because you know, as you know, Irenaeus was a disciple of St. Polycarp. So we have third generation of Christians, John, uh, Polycarp, and Ignatius, and then the third generation known as Irenaeus, and others. So now, this is what Irenaeus says, the memory of that time when as a youth, I was with Polycarp in Asia Minor is, a, is as fresh in my memory as the, as the present. Even now, I could point to the place where he sat and taught and describe his coming and going, his every action, his outward appearance, and his manner of discourse to the people. It seems as though I still heard him tell of his association with the Apostle John and with others who saw the Lord. And as though he were still relating to me their words and what he heard from them about the Lord and his miracles. A beautiful witness of St. Irenaeus. But we have to know that for us as Christians, yes, as mature Christians, we are to know not only the Gospels, but also we are to know the witnesses of those who live with Jesus, the second generation of Christians, like Ignatius of Antioch, St. Polycarp, and then the third generation also were martyrs who, were, who, who heard them, who, who heard their witness. Those who have seen the Lord, as St. Irenaeus says, it wasn't just, uh, just, uh, just uh, the John, but he also saw and spoke to those who had seen Jesus risen from the dead. 
of faith is, yes, it's a gift from God, is revealed knowledge of who God is, but that revelation is not only from those who have seen the Lord, but also the second, third, and generations all the way to us today. We have witnesses of the saints. And so this is something that is very, very, very special for us. And the final final thing I would like to share is, is, the, uh, is something that was celebrated yesterday. Uh, yesterday, as you know, was not only the Feast of Chair of St. Peter, but it was also the revelation of the image, the 91st anniversary of the revelation of the image of divine mercy. Uh, the uh, 1931, 22nd of February was a Sunday, first Sunday, first Sunday of Lent. And according to Eastern traditions, as you know, first Sunday of Lent, Eastern Church, which Saint Saint Polycarp represented the Oriental Church, Eastern Church. They they uh, celebrate the first Sunday of Lent as a feast of holy icons. So the Lord's revelation to Saint Faustina of the image of divine mercy, it, it becomes for us not only something associated with twenty second. Of 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 January, February, which is which is true, which is the exact date, but it also is associated with with the feast of holy icons. And the Lord wanted bring the Eastern Church and Western Church into one, because Revelation, when God, you know, it, it, through through that love that He has for us, you know, Jesus, the, the, who has love for us, He revealed Himself in a special way, and and that image is more than just a just a painting it's an icon it's symbolic of the graces that the lord wishes to bestow upon us because as you know the rays blood and water are the gifts of the holy spirit and the sacramental gifts when you look at the ray the red ray it constitutes the eucharist it's a nourishing dimension that god wishes to give to us so today as we look at this image, we can see also his gifts, the gifts of water, which is purifying, which is purifying, his baptismal gift. It is the, that which we do each, each time we gather for the Eucharist. We ask the Lord for his mercy. We recognize our sins. We, are, we do what I confess. And that is the rays, the, 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 the pale rays enter us. Is the, the merciful forgiveness, the gifts that God gives to us. And then ultimately the red rays come to us in the Eucharist as we receive, because that's the power. It is through the Holy Spirit. Those rays are our gifts that come to us through the Holy Spirit, the forgiving as well as nourishing, forgiving and cleansing, purifying, as well as, 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 as nourishing us and transforming us to the body and blood of, of Christ. And the Lord says to us, what I am offering a people, a vessel, with which they are to keep coming for the graces to the fountain of mercy, a vessel. We look at the icon and we realize it's not just a human painting, but it is, it is a grace that God bestows upon us. And this is the sacramental grace we call the sacramental grace. I am offering people a vessel with which to keep coming for graces to the fountain of mercy and that vessel is and with the image and signature, Jesus, I trust in you. 
I desire that this image be venerated, not only in your chapel, but then throughout the world. Because why? Because happy is the person who can dwell in the shelter, in the shelter that's, that, that gives to us in a sacramental way, uh, offering us the graces that flow from the image and that they are actualized by the sacraments of confession and of, of the Eucharist. And so it is happy is the one who dwells in, in the shelter for the just hand of God shall not lay hold upon him. By means of this image, I shall grant many graces to souls. It is to be a reminder also of the demands I have is to live, live, live the faith, live the faith to works of love, works of mercy. So in this one image, we see so many dimensions of, of what the Lord wishes to bestow upon us. Reminder of his sacraments, reminded of, of the grace that flows through the power of the Holy Spirit into our hearts, reminded that it's a special vessel of protection. And it's also a reminder to us that we are to trust in him, that personal relationship, Jesus, I trust in you. I trust in the Father's will for me. I trust in the Father's love for me. I trust in his merciful love for all humanity. And so this is what, what we say. And then also, that as a sacramental, it protects us from dangers. It protects us from the effects of evil on us. If it's venerated in our homes, wherever it may be, that the Lord wishes these gifts to be given to us. So may the Lord then today, who wishes us to be mature Christians, that we rely on his will, that we don't say, I need to do this or that. No, Lord, help me to do this and that. And that not only that, but we see the witnesses of John the Evangelist. We see the, the, the witness of Polycarp, Irenaeus, Faustina, Jesus, ultimately offering himself to us. May we be worthy of his gifts. May we remain faithful to him. And with the, with the power of the Holy Spirit, we shall stay close. We shall be able to say yes to him. Pray the Our Father and mean that God is truly our Father who loves us, wants us to be with, with him forever in his home. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit divinemercyplus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's divinemercyplus.org.
Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.